Welcome to Osler's Legal Year in Review, where we share insights on key legal developments in 2020 and their implications for Canadian business. In this article titled, Evolving Capital Markets Regulatory Enforcement, we review the ongoing changes to securities enforcement practices from the modernization of the regulatory regime to the uptick in whistleblowing activity. Even prior to the impacts of COVID-19, change was on the horizon for capital markets enforcement in 2020. The year began with continued consideration of significant reforms to modernize the regulatory regime, as well as a heightened focus on market manipulation and abuse of trading. With the onset of the pandemic, regulators adapted their enforcement efforts to a virtual world through remote investigations and electronic hearings. There was also an uptake in whistleblowing activity in the work-from-home environment. Proposed Reforms Care of the Capital Markets Modernization Task Force The Capital Markets Modernization Task Force published its widely anticipated consultation report on July 9, 2020. If ultimately adopted by the Ontario government, several of the tax force's proposals would operate to significantly alter the regulatory landscape for capital markets across Ontario. From a governance and operations viewpoint, the task force addressed long-standing calls for a separation of the regulatory and adjudicative functions of the Ontario Securities Commission through the creation of a new capital markets adjudicative tribunal as an entirely separate entity from the OSC. This bifurcation would transform the commission into a regulatory authority, comparable to the Financial Services Regulatory Authority of Ontario and the model advanced in the Cooperative Capital Markets Regulatory Initiative. The report included 12 recommendations relating to changes in capital markets enforcement and two recommendations to support enhanced investor protection. The recommendations proposed enhanced tools for OSC staff that are intended to strengthen OSC staff's ability to police the capital markets while simultaneously promoting fairness to potential respondents. Several recommendations in the report support an increasingly aggressive stance with regard to regulatory enforcement such as increasing the maximum administrative monetary penalties to $5 million. Additionally, the report indicated the task force's interest in adopting a number of initiatives to mirror those recently enacted in British Columbia, such as an expanded investigative authority and broader collection powers. Notably, on the defense side, the task force recommended changes aimed at liberalizing information sharing within a hyper-confidential investigation process. The report also introduced revisions to OSC guidelines to allow more time for investigation targets to negotiate a resolution with OSC staff prior to the commencement of proceedings. The task force further recommended a mechanism by which persons or companies subject to an OSC summons could apply to an OSC adjudicator for clarification or advice relating to the summons or examination. Absent such a process, parties seeking clarification about a summons are forced to seek directions from the courts as the OSC does not contemplate a procedure to provide such clarification. This was most recently demonstrated in the application in the matter of B. In that case, the Commission considered an argument by a party that complying with a summons issued under Section 13 of the Securities Act would contravene other obligations that the individual was subject to under an employment agreement. The Commission held that it did not have authority to provide directions on this issue and, consequently, directed the applicant to seek guidance from the court. Highlights of Enforcement Activity On or about June 23, 2020, the Canadian Securities Administrators released its annual enforcement report for the 2019-2020 fiscal year, entitled Collaborating to Protect Investors and Enforce Securities Law. While there were fewer enforcement cases than the previous year, the enforcement report highlighted the cross-collaboration among CSA members. 
Notably, there were a total of 91 enforcement referrals between CSA members and 63 instances of CSA members assisting one another in enforcement cases. According to the enforcement report, securities regulators concluded 75 enforcement matters, resulting in around $60 million in sanctions. CSA members issued 66 investor alerts, with a particular rise in late March as the COVID-19 pandemic reportedly led to an increase in fraudulent investment schemes and misleading promotions. Adapting to the Virtual World In light of the COVID-19 pandemic, the OSC adopted a standard practice of proceeding by way of electronic hearings, either through video conference or teleconference. On August 5, 2020, the OSC published a guide to virtual hearings before the OSC Tribunal to assist parties in proceedings. Adjudicative bodies around the world have adopted similar practices. These changes can raise questions of procedural fairness and judicial economy. In ReFirst Global Data Limited, a decision released in September 2020, the Commission held that proceedings will be conducted electronically unless a respondent can prove on persuasive evidence a likelihood of significant prejudice. In this case, the Commission rejected the respondent's request that their merits hearing, involving approximately 25 witnesses over 40 hearing days, be heard in person. In its decision, the Commission emphasized the importance of conducting proceedings expeditiously, even during a pandemic. Accordingly, it rejected the respondent's arguments that only an in-person hearing would suffice for a complex case where serious allegations were at issue. Given the experience that regulators and counsel are gaining in adapting to and conducting electronic hearings, coupled with the perceived efficiency of proceeding virtually, it may be that electronic hearings will be more common even after the pandemic has ended. On April 16, 2020, the Autorité des marchés financiers, Quebec Securities Regulatory Authority, issued a statement on its website confirming the decision to limit and adapt its investigative activities in light of COVID-19. By way of example, the AMF raised the prospect of its investigations being conducted remotely and in a more targeted manner. Like virtual hearings, it is possible that remote investigations may remain a common tool for regulatory authorities, even after the pandemic. Rise in Whistleblower Tips and Awards On April 6, 2020, the OSC announced that it had awarded $525,000 Canadian dollars to a company outsider who used their industry expertise to identify irregularities in the company's disclosure record. In the announcement, the enforcement team at the OSC emphasized the unique role that industry experts can play in identifying and reporting potential wrongdoing. The OSC also confirmed the robust protections that exist within the OSC whistleblower program. In May 2020, the Securities and Exchange Commission reported a surge in whistleblower tips during the COVID-19 pandemic. Specifically from March to May, the SEC staff triaged more than 4,000 tips, complaints and referrals, representing a 35% increase as compared to the same period last year. Factors that may be contributing to the uptick in whistleblowing are the work-from-home environment, increased privacy offered to whistleblowers, and increased unemployment, emboldening former or current employees to come forward. In September 2020, the SEC voted to adopt significant amendments to the rules governing its whistleblower program, with the aim of providing more clarity to whistleblowers and increasing efficiency and transparency. The SEC whistleblower program has awarded approximately $676 million U.S. million to 108 individuals since issuing its first award in 2012, with awards ranging from $50,000 U.S. to $114 million. U.S. SEC Chairman Jay Clayton has stated that the recent amendments will further incentivize tips by getting more money into the hands of whistleblowers and at a faster pace. 
Some notable highlights of the amendments include a presumption of the statutory maximum amount for awards up to $5 million U.S. million, allowing awards based on deferred prosecution agreements, non-prosecution agreements or settlements, and increased flexibility in filing requirements. Whistleblower tips under the SEC program have been submitted by individuals located in the United States and 114 foreign countries. On October 22, 2020, the SEC announced a record award of over $114 million U.S. million to an anonymous whistleblower whose tips and assistance led to successful enforcement actions by the SEC. This award far surpasses the $15 million U.S. million award paid to an individual whistleblower in June 2020, which, at the time, was the largest in the SEC's history. Confirming a Broad View of Securities on March 16, 2020, in its decision in Ontario Securities Commission v. Tiffin, the Ontario Court of Appeal reiterated the broad definition of security under the Ontario Securities Act and affirmed the catch-and-exclude regime established by the Act. In Tiffin, the defendants were charged with three breaches of Ontario securities law in connection with the sale and distribution of promissory notes. In response to these charges, the defendants argued that the notes did not constitute securities and, therefore, the Act did not apply. In advancing this argument, they advocated for the application of the U.S. Supreme Court's Family Resemblance Test for determining whether particular debt instruments are securities. This test presumes that a note is a security unless, based on the examination of certain specified factors, the note bears strong resemblance to one of the enumerated list of instrument types that have been recognized by U.S. courts as not constituting regulated securities. The Court of Appeal declined to apply the American test. Instead, the court found that the Act employs a catch-and-exclude scheme, defining key terms broadly and then enumerating specific statutory exemptions. The court cautioned against judicial tinkering with definitions central to complex regulatory schemes. Tiffin serves as a reminder to parties involved in transactions, including lending transactions, to be cognizant of the potential application of securities laws to their conduct, including the differences in regulatory treatment of certain instruments across jurisdictions. A change in approach to the Commission's deference? On July 29, 2020, in the case of Quadrex Hedge Capital Management Limited versus Ontario Securities Commission, the Ontario Divisional Court applied a re-articulated standard of review framework for appeals arising from decisions of the OSC. The case was an appeal from the OSC determination that the directing minds of the relevant Quadrex entities had engaged in fraudulent conduct with respect to the distribution of securities. The appellants appealed the decision on the basis that the OSC had both committed palpable and overriding errors and denied them procedural fairness. Specifically, the appellants argued that the OSC made errors on issues of fact, mixed fact and law, and in the application of procedural fairness. The court reserved judgment following the argument of the appeal. Pending its decision, the Supreme Court of Canada released its landmark decision in Canada, Minister of Citizenship and Immigration, versus Vavilov. In Vavilov, the Supreme Court of Canada clarified that, when courts are faced with judicial review of an administrative action, the presumed standard is now to be reasonableness. However, reasonableness may be displaced in various instances, including if the governing legislation provides for an express statutory right of appeal, such as in Section 9.1 of the Act. The court in Quadrex adopted the revised framework in Vavilov, confirming that decisions from the Commission will no longer be subject to review on a reasonableness standard. Instead, 
Questions of law will attract a correctness standard, and questions of fact or mixed fact and law will attract a palpable or overriding error standard. Ultimately, the court dismissed the appeal on the basis that the commission did not make any errors of fact that rose to the level of palpable or overriding errors and did not deny procedural fairness. While the Quadrex appeal did not engage any pure questions of law which would have attracted review on a correctness standard, the court's affirmative stance on the application of Vavilov suggests that, moving forward, certain OSC decisions could be subject to greater scrutiny on appeal. Commission rulings on questions of law, which courts might have previously affirmed as reasonable, may not meet the higher correctness standard, to which they will now be held. OSC targets broad array of market activities. Throughout this past year, securities regulators in Canada have demonstrated a heightened focus on targeting market manipulation and abusive trading. Prompt by what was described as an increasing presence of abusive short-selling practices throughout Canada, the OSC and the Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada issued an unusual joint press release on October 1, 2020, encouraging those with valuable information about securities violations to report tips through the OSC's whistleblower program. The OSC-IROC press release was said to be designed to send a message to the Canadian securities market that the OSC is committed to penalizing what it considers to be deceptive and manipulative market behavior in the Canadian securities landscape. This focus on greater market conduct regulation follows an announcement by the OSC on July 16, 2020 of a settlement with a Toronto-based crypto asset trading platform that admitted to having developed and deployed an algorithm to assist in reporting inflated trading activity. This is the first settlement involving an alleged manipulative trading on a crypto trading platform. It is also the first case alleging reprisals against the whistleblower under the Act since protections for employee whistleblowers were adopted in 2016. The OSC has also reiterated its position that auditors are not immune from regulatory enforcement. On January 24, 2020, the OSC approved a $4 million settlement agreement with BDO Canada LLP. Specifically, BDO was penalized for its failure to comply with generally accepted auditing standards in its audit of the 2014-2015 financial statements of two investment funds managed by Crystal Wealth Management Systems Limited. Due to BDO's substandard audit, certain fraudulent investments had been improperly recorded in Crystal Wealth's audited financial statements. The considerable penalty imposed by the OSC on BDO signifies its commitment to holding corporate gatekeepers accountable where companies make misrepresentations in the course of accessing or maintaining a presence in the public markets. In response to what is seen as harmful and aggressive short-selling activities, the task force has recommended a prohibition on short-selling in connection with prospectus offerings and private placements as well as a prohibition on making misleading or untrue statements about public companies to deter and combat short and distort and pump-and-dump schemes. The next year will likely be one of reform in the enforcement area. With heightened emphasis on burden reduction and regulatory harmonization, for example the proposed amendments for modern self-regulatory organization structure, post-COVID-19 normalization and consideration of the task force recommendations in Ontario, which will no doubt have a pan-Canadian impact, 2021 will likely involve further introspection, assessment and action. Legal Year in Review is brought to you by Osler, Hoskin & Harcourt, LLP. Osler is a leading national law firm with a singular focus, your business. We advise clients on an array of domestic and cross-border legal issues, drawing on the expertise of over 400 lawyers to provide the answers you need when you need them. 
Our legal year in review provides general information only and does not constitute legal or other professional advice. Specific advice should be sought in connection with your circumstances. For more information about Osler, please visit our website at osler.com.